Hello everyone, this is Parashas Parashas Egev, and the Parsha begins with Moshe Rabbeinu telling Klai Yisrael all the amazing things that they're going to get as a reward for listening to Hashem's mitzvahs. And it will be if you listen to Hashem's mitzvahs. He'll love you and he'll give you sheep, he'll give you cattle, he'll give you land that's full of fruit. And the question the Rabbeinu B'chaya and all the other Rishayim ask is obvious. This is Moshe Rabbeinu, he's always talking about Sheep, cattle, fruit. What about ruchnius, spirituality, olam haba? What's this on and on about about cattle? Why isn't the Torah telling us about schar and olam haba? So the Beit Chaya says this. He says you have to look back at the pasuk before the end of parshas of Vaschanan. Moshe Rabbeinu tells Klai so v'shamar mitzvah and the Gemara tells us, today to do them, umachar, and tomorrow to get their schar. Which is where we learn the principle that generally speaking, schar is not in this world, it's the next world. So, what is our parsha telling us? It says, Rabbi Chaya, it's like this You do the mitzvahs, hayoyim la'asaisim, v'haya, and it will be. What are the letters v'haya, says Rabbi Chaya? It's vav, hey, yud, ke. Just the same exact letters as Hashem's name. That's going to be your real schar. If you do the mitzvahs, hayoyim la'asayisim over here, it's vahoyah, it will be. In the world to come, you're going to have a Kodesh Baruch Hu. You're going to have dveikas in Hashem. That's your real schar. Ekev, tishmon. Ekev is the language of a heel. It means the edge, the fringe benefits. The little add-on that you're going to have to your mitzvahs. That's going to be the sheep, the cattle, etc. Your primary schar is in the next world. Vahoyah. The akev, the little heel, that drop, that extra stuff that you get on the perks that you get for keeping the mitzvahs, it's going to be the sheep, the cattle, because that enables you to do more mitzvahs. It's not the real schar. That's just the akev. Okay. Says the that's a beautiful shot, but I have a question. You know, you had to be your Rebbein Abachaya to see this in the Pasuk. You didn't see this yourself. I read this Pasuk a hundred times. I didn't see this shot. So I see the schar. It's all physical. So why is it that the Torah talks primarily about the physical schar and only alludes to, in a in a, in a hint or a remez or gematria, to the schar elam haba? Shouldn't it be vice versa? Talk about for a half hour in the parsha about schar elam haba and then put in a thing about sheep. So he says a very fundamental thing. And he says... That the Torah, whenever it talks to Klai Yisrael, Torah is mevaer al hamorgash ula hargiz boy ulirmoiz al hamuskel ula katzer boy. He came in a guchalter. The Torah is mevaer. It goes on and explains on the morgash and something that a person can actually be margish, can actually sense. And it's makatzer on those which are things which are muskal, which are just conceptual that a person can only understand. And that's the Torah's minute. So why is that? Why is the Torah expounds its mevayer on things which we can actually feel and relate to on a, on a hergish sense? And when it comes to muskalis, things which are conceptual, the Torah is always makatzer. So I heard a beautiful shot from Ivan Lepiansky. He gave a mushal. He said, you're talking to your child. You know, he's... You guys are driving in for a wedding. You're driving from Chicago to New York. It's 14 hours. And the kid's asking you, why do we go to a wedding? What's so exciting about a wedding? 
The kid's six years old. So you're not going to start telling him about the meaning of life, marriage, building a family. He doesn't understand that. You tell him a wedding's amazing. There's music. There's dancing. There's flowers. There's, there's a pretty dress for the kala, the chasen's wearing, who knows what. And you go on to explain to him all the food, the cakes, the cookies, stuff that he can relate to, stuff that gets him excited, stuff that it, it, it comes, it brings that emotion out for him of, of joy. And then you tell him it's the happiest day of their life. It's a very, very big deal. Concepts which are really above him, but from the fact that there's going to be so many things which he could relate to, which get him excited and can recognize that this is a joyous occasion, you can start feeding him little concepts of, of, of what real simcha is supposed to come from. Same thing with human beings. On a very, we're very physical. And for us to understand that mitzvahs are good, and if you do mitzvahs, you'll be better off. You'll bring bracha into this world. We talk to us on things you can understand. When you, when you do a mitzvah, your cows have more calves. When you do a mitzvah, your land gives more tomatoes. That's something we can understand. We see that a mitzvah is a good thing. To understand what schar and adam haba is, is something we can extrapolate to from seeing that in a physical sense that we can understand. So that's why the Torah, when it talks to us, which is written for us, the Torah goes on and it explains things to us in things that we can be margish. But we should never make the mistake and think that that's what it's limited to. The Ben is telling us it's just the akiv. It's just the little fringe benefits that we get from doing the mitzvah. But of course the schar is going to be so much more and one day we'll understand it. The parsha continues, and it gives us the the, the mitzvahs that say the iraisa, the positive commandment that when a person eats, he has to bench. And you shall bench. And the chinuch asks a fundamental question: says, "How can you bless Hashem? Right? You go to a rebbe to get a bracha. You're saying is I'm missing something. You know, I'd like to have more money, right? So then you're asking to give a bracha." To bless you, you should have more money. How do you bless Hashem? Hashem's not lacking. And he goes on to explain the concept, the fundamental concept of bracha when it comes to Hashem, is that Hashem made the world in a system where he put a lot of good into this world. And it just has to be brought out into, into reality. It's impotential. Hashem put shefa, he put bracha, everything in this world. And by us going and making a bracha and recognizing that he is the source of bracha, Baruch Ata, then we bring out that blessing into fruition. Meaning, technically, there's three types of, so to speak, creation. There's what's known as yesh me'ayin, you know, something from nothing, which Hashem does and he did once, so to speak, beginning of the world, it doesn't happen very often in this world anymore. That, that, that's, it's a one-time thing. Something from nothing. Then there's yesh miyesh, which is just, just processing. I take wheat that grows from the ground and I grind it into flour. That's not creation. It's technically just changing something from one state to the other. And then there's bracha. Bracha is when I take, let's say, wheat and I put it into the ground. So I took 100 kernels of wheat and I come back with thousands and hundreds of thousands of kernels. That's bracha. It's a form of creation in the sense of taking the latent potential and bringing it out to fruition to, multi to multiply and to become more. Two people get married. With Hashem, they have 10, 20 kids, right? That's bracha. You take two people and you make 20 out of them. Akash Baruch made the world in a way 
that there's bracha that comes when we recognize the Baruch Hu as that source of that bracha. And by recognizing it and being him, so to speak, we invoke and we bring out that latent potential into fruition. Okay. But he ends up with a line over there, the Chenech. And he says that that's really the side of a, of, of a person's world, in a person's role in this world. And he's saying like this, he's saying that there's a mistake that people make, which is that people think that you kind of come into this world and you are who you are. You're a lazy person, you're an angry person, you're a nice person, whatever it may be, you may be, that's who you are. You are who you are. Nowadays, it's you be you. And the Chinook is telling you, it's not true. It's not true. A person comes into this world and there's a world around him and there's him himself, which is full of bracha, in the sense of it's full of potential. A person has so much inside him that he can bring out to be good. There's a world around him which has so much to be good, but you can't just leave it as is. If you take a IKEA table and it comes in this little box and you say to your wife, here, I got you a table. It's really sweet, but it doesn't really do the job because you still have to build that table. You're right, you got her all the parts for a table, but you didn't build her a table. If you, you be you your whole life, you're never going to bring out that bracha. You just left everything in that weak kernel, but you never brought it out. The idea of a person's role in this world is to be, take that bracha and to bring it out and to use it till its fullest. The Vasek in the parasha continues and says, it's a Hashemlekechatira, Hashem, you should fear, you should serve him, in him you should cling, in his name you should swear. And the question all the Rishonim struggle with is, how do you cling to Hashem? What does it mean to be davok in Hashem? We're giving every Jew a positive commandment, in him you should cling. Now, I wake up in the morning, I look at this parish, and I'm like, okay, fine, okay, now what? I grab myself, where do I hold on to Hashem? What do I do? What's the physical action of a boy Sidbuk? So, the Rambam says, based on a Gemara, the Rambam writes in Sefer Mitzvahs, it means you have to start connecting yourself to spiritual things. You do business with Tamid Chachamim. You support Tamid Chachamim. You try to support Shuls and Tamid and, and Torah. You connect yourself in a physical sense to religious people and institutions and sources of religion. Okay. The Ramban argues and says, no, it's not Dveikas Bashem literally. The literal mitzvah says the Ramban is talking about people who are at Sadiqim Gemurim and their entire life they are connected to Hashem. There's no moment in their life when they're eating, when they're sleeping, when they're doing business. They're never not thinking about Hashem. They're never not connected to Hashem. Everything they're doing is basically just a mitzvah, just a way to enable them to do Hashem's will. They're completely davuk Bashem. That's Uboi Sidbuk, says the Ramban. The Meshachma says, it can't be. It cannot be that the Torah gave a mitzvah to Kala Yisrael, which is relevant to around a handful of people in every generation. It can't be mitzvahs in the Torah are relevant to every single Jew. So what does it mean, Uboi Sidbuk? Says the Meshachma, he says like this. He says, I give a mashal. A guy is in a bad neighborhood. You go to a family, you know, you're, you're driving through the south side of Chicago. GPS got you lost. You're in the south side of Chicago. Okay? Now, you're nervous. You're afraid. Right? So, it depends who you are. If let's say you're a little kid. You grab onto your parent's hand. 
if you're, you know, if you're a wife, she'll grab onto her husband. If you're a guy, you have your CCL, so you grab on, you stick your hand in your back pocket, you hold on to your, onto, onto your concealed carry, you know, or you hold on to your phone with 911. You cling to something. You cling to the thing that you rely on. That's what a person does when he's, when he's worried, when he's in danger, whatever it may be. A person clings to the thing that he relies on, the thing that he has a relationship, the thing that he thinks is going to save him or has the best chances of doing so. Ubay Sidbuk, says the Meshachachama, is talking about the very basic mitzvah, which is relevant to every single Jew. Mitzvah habitachin, The mitzvah to rely on Hashem. And that is what Torah is commanding us. Ubay Sidbuk. Don't cling to anything else. Cling to Hashem. Uboi Sidvak, be connected to him. Have Dvekis with him. Recognize that he's the one who's going to get you out of your problems. And that is a positive mitzvah, which is relevant to every Jew on his Adrega. Some Jews have to do more, Shalas, less, Shalas, that's fine. But you have to have that Dvekis, that connection to Hashem, that relationship to realize he's going to be the one who pulls you out of problems. He's going to be the one who's got your back. And that's what it means to wake up in the morning and be Dvek Hashem to connect with him in the fullest sense. So I want to end off with one last word. The parsha, the end of the parsha, it says, "Much of it tells Klaiyisrael, 'Umo Hashem alekecha shel miimach ki im liyira.' What does Hashem ask from you just to fear Him?" And the Gemara Menachis Gimel says, "Adrasha, Umo and what is really supposed to be Umeya and a hundred? What's Umeya?" Says Rameya. From here we see the concept: a person should be making a hundred brachas b'chol yomim every day. Meaning, Uma, the letters are Mem Hey, 45. If you add in one letter, an Aleph, you end up with Mea, 100, which means 100. And that's how you see 100 brachas every day. Okay. Says Ben Yayada, what in the world does Gemara mean? How in the world does the Gemara see in the words Ma, Mea? What gives the Gemara right to say this? What's wrong with the simple shot in the Pasuk? What's going on? So he says, the Gemara is capitalizing on a famous question that the Gemara and Brachas on Gimel ask, which is that, how can my Shabbat get up and say, what does Hashem want from you already? Just be Yira, just to fear Him, love Him, just keep saying a whole list of stuff which Akash Baruch was asking you to do. It's not Umas, that's not, that's not nothing. So what is the Gemara answering? Says the Gemara Menachas, Uma, it really means Umeya. It means make brachas. Moshe Rabbeinu can come to Klai and say, what's the big deal to have your Hashem? Just make a hundred brachas every day. If you do that, if every time you eat an ice cream, you say, wow, Hashem, you are the Makar HaBracha, you are the one who makes ice cream possible. If it wouldn't be you, there'd be no ice cream. All that stress I have when I'm waiting on the line at Dairy Star, that maybe they'll run out of ice cream, that, that, that's from you. And if a person sits there and coffee, oh my gosh, there's no coffee left in the pot, the stress, the anxiety, you have to recognize that it all comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And if a person makes meya brachas b'chal yayim, then Moshe Rabbeinu could come and say, what's the big deal? What's the big deal with asking for Vira? It's so easy. Or as the average, you have a wonderful Shabbat, to make brachas properly, to recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu, 